Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Are we ready to get started this morning? We're kicking off our short Christmas series because... It's not a long series. We have two weeks to go, so it's a short Christmas series, and so we're starting that off this week. So welcome, everyone. If you're watching online, good to see you as well. Say hallelujah, say good things and store, whatever it is, good to see you with us. All right, let's get started. So today we're talking about unplanned, right? That's the message we have this morning. And so anyone love movies? I remember watching Forrest Gump. You ever watched Forrest Gump? <laughs> a long time ago. And one of the most famous lines in the movie, if you remember it, is, Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And I always thought, well, you do if you look at the label right there. <laughs> but that's the line in the movie. You never know what you're going to get. And it's interesting because for the most, most fact, it's true. You never know what the future holds, right? Because we can think about what we want, we can plan for what we want, but we never know. For the most part, it's true. We never know what life is going to throw at us. We can plan, and you know, most of us, we want certainty. We want to be certain of our future. We like the consistency. We like the ability to to know what tomorrow holds. And we, we thrive on having a predictable future. But the reality is that life is full of uncertainty. You never know, like Forrest said, what you are going to get, right? But we like our routines. We like, you know, getting up in the morning and have our morning coffee. That's a routine most of us have, right? We like, some of us like going to the gym and getting our exercise in. You know, if you get up at 9 o'clock, whatever it is, you go to work from 9 to 5 or 10 to 6, whatever it is, that is your routine. And you like that routine, right? Even when it comes to our future, we want to plan our future. We have a five-year plan. We have a 10-year plan. We have a 15-year plan. We have business plans. We have life plans. We have exercise plans. It's all about planning and making sure that we can you know, bring consistency to an uncertain world. And all of these things are great, and we should be doing them because we want to plan for our future. But the problem is when those plans get derailed... When plans get derailed, we don't like it. When it disrupts our consistency, we are not really in favor of that. We are uncomfortable when things get derailed. You know, planners love planning. And most of you, if you're a planner, you've already planned your Christmas like in March, right? (laughs) You've got your gifts. You've got everything together. You don't have to worry. But some of us that are not planners, we're probably stressing out because I haven't got my Christmas shopping. And, you know, most of my Christmas shopping is done on the 24th at like 6 p.m. Seriously. (laughs) That's when my Christmas shopping occurs. You know, it's not something. But for most of us, I'm pretty sure that life in our current context is not what we planned. It didn't occur. You know, you didn't plan on some of us hunting for a job. Some of us didn't plan on visiting a doctor because something appeared in our life. Some of us didn't plan on an empty chair in our household because this year has caused someone we love to be lost. 
You didn't plan on saying something negative to someone or talking something to someone or, or letting someone down. You didn't plan on those things, but those things happened. Life has a way of throwing things. Sometimes things change and they just rattle us, right? And so one of the most amazing stories as we come to Christmas is the Christmas story. And the reality is that it's not as romantic as it appears in our current world. We have a very romantic view of the Christmas story, don't we? And it comes from these beautiful Christmas cards, you know, little snow-capped little villas in the middle of nowhere and little reindeer. And even if it's the baby Jesus, it's such a romantic scene. You know, there's angels floating around, there's stars in the sky, everyone has a smile on their face. They're just looking with adoration to this amazing baby. And our festive season kind of pushes us into that because it's all about being happy. It's all about rejoicing and having a great time. But the real Christmas story wasn't as romantic as we think it was. And so today I want to give you the real story at the birth of Jesus. What really happened? Not our romantic view of our you know, first century world, but a real view of what happened. Well, in a small town, it wasn't a big town, it was just a cow and donkey town in the middle of nowhere called Nazareth. And in this town, there was a beautiful girl named Mary. This is not a fairy tale, but it's true. All stories start beautifully, right? And so Mary, she was a teenager, and she lived in this small town, Nazareth. And in this town, everyone knew everyone because it wasn't a big town. Right? And so it came time for her to be betrothed, to be given into marriage. And if you understand Jewish culture, this happened really early. They were still teenagers. You know? She would have been 13, 14, or 15, the latest. And so there was a, this wonderful boy that her family got to know, another family in the town. You know, He was a carpenter, and he was apprenticing his son named Joseph in the trade. And that's what good Jewish fathers do. They train their kids in, the, in whatever their trade is. So they, they pass on that skill to the next generation. And so he was training his son Joseph to be a carpenter. And one of his jobs as a good father is not only to train his son into a trade, but also to find his son a wife. And so his family, Joseph's family and Mary's family got together and said, we have some good kids, they honor the Lord, we are a Lord-fearing family, and so it'll be great if this year Joseph marries Mary, it'll be awesome. Our families can get together, and this is, you know, big news in a small town, it spreads, everyone knows that this, these two are going to be engaged and get married. And the reality is that Mary could decide whether she wanted to marry Joseph, so she would have met Joseph. They would have had probably romantic walks along the fields, you know, the sun setting there and, you know, getting to know one another. Maybe Joseph brought us some flowers. Maybe he made some wooden sort of thing and impressed Mary, whatever it was. They had a great time talking about their future. Because that's what kids do, right? When you had your boyfriend and your girlfriend, what did you talk about? Your future. We're going to have this many kids, you know, we're going to do this, and this is when we're going to get married, and this is what's going to look like, and Joseph's like, you know, I'm going to build you a beautiful house, and we're going to have amazing kids, and, you know, we're going to grow up together, and we're going to grow old together, I'm going to start my carpenter shop, and, you know, you could stay home and look after the kids, and this is what they talked about, because this is what teenagers do, that's the conversation they had, and so let's talk about this great future. And you remember that as God-fearing believers, especially in the Jewish system, 
they would have been committed to God's plan for their life. Everything revolved around God's plan. And so they committed to one another. You know what? We're going to commit to one another. We're going to abstain from doing anything that's immoral. We're going to believe because there's a whole bunch of tradition around getting married and all those things. And they both had to be virgins. You couldn't go around and fool around like sometimes people do in our world. And so they had their plan set. It was a great plan. Have a great future with great kids and have amazing things. And then things just derailed. It just happened. You know, that's not the future. Something unplanned impacted Mary and Joseph's life. And this is where it gets really shocking. And sometimes we don't understand the shock value that's associated with what happened. But it absolutely is. It's a shocking Really radical thing. And Luke, one of the gospel writers, tells us this. In Luke 135, he says, The angel answered, and so the angel Gabriel shows up to Mary. She's walking one of her romantic walks, daydreaming about her future. And Gabriel shows up and says, Hey, Mary, guess what? I've got news from God for you. And he says, The angel answers that the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Mary answered and said, I'm the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now, think about this for a second. Mary and Joseph had their plan, but here comes this unplanned scenario. And here's what's really interesting with this encounter that Mary had with the angel Gabriel. He tells her about God's plan And this was not Mary's plan. This was God's plan. But what is so amazing is her response. Her response to this totally out of their situation that occurred in the middle of nowhere. This angel appeared and her response is amazing. Because when God's plan intersected with Mary's plan, she chose to put her plan on the side and adopt God's plan for her life. Right, Mary chose to participate in God's plan even when she did not understand it. She didn't understand what was going to happen. But her response is amazing. And the reality is that it's vastly different from our response. When you put that up in comparison, into the lens of our future, and let's be honest with each other, If God shows up in our life and says, hey, I have a new plan for you, most of us will be like, well, can you give me the breakdown of how this is going to work? And when is this going to happen? What do I need to give up? Because I have to give up something in order to adopt your plan. Can you give me some time frames of when and how long this is going to last before things get back to normal? What's in it for me? Most of us do that. We are reluctant to disrupt our plans, to adopt God's plan. We're not so willing. And some of you are probably going, no, 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 I would certainly adopt God's plan. If God showed up, if God sent an angel to me, and an angel appeared before me, I'd certainly say, yes, God, doesn't matter what my plans were. Some of us are probably saying that, right? So when God showed up and asked you, hey, can you walk across the room and pray for someone? Were you willing? Or did you get uncomfortable and go, "Mm, maybe it's not God. I don't want to do that because it's out of my comfort zone. 
When he asks you to speak to someone in your workplace or your family about him and his love and his sacrifice, were you so willing to do it obediently and say, yes, I'm going to do it? doesn't matter what the consequences are. Someone might look at me weird. Someone might think I'm foolish or I'm ignorant, but I'm still going to do it. When God shows up and says, I want you to give to my house, do you go, but if I give, what about my plans? What about my future? Are we so willing to give when he asks us to? It's not as easy as you think it is, right? But Mary put her plan on the side and adopted God's plan. How do we really respond when God's plan appears to disrupt our plan? How do we really respond? When Mary chose to follow God's plan, things did not get better, they got worse. Right? They didn't, everything didn't just miraculously work and go, oh, this is amazing, awesome. No, it actually got worse. You know, She's excited, an angel appeared, God spoke to her. Joseph would be excited, I'm going to rush to Joseph and tell him about this exciting news. You know, the God of the universe, the God that we worship, the God that we adore, the God that we talk about all the time, that we're committed to. He showed up in my life, I'm going to tell Joseph because he's committed to God and we love the Lord. I'm going to go tell Joseph about this exciting news. Matthew documents Joseph's response. And when she tells him everything hits the fan. (laughs) This is what Matthew says. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, which means he loved the Lord. And yet he did not want to expose her to a public disgrace. He was an honorable man. He had in his mind to divorce her quietly. That's not the response that Mary probably wanted. That's not the plan that Jesus was going to actually orchestrate according to Joseph and Mary. Because they had their own plans, right? Joseph is not excited about this news that Mary tells him. He is embarrassed. He's thinking, this town is going to be in rumor mill. Everyone's going to talk about this disgrace. I'm going to be humiliated in front of this whole town. His parents are going to be devastated. Her parents are going to be devastated. There's going to be a huge rift in this town that's going to cause all kind of conflict. The whole plan that we have in mind is gone. Our future is gone. Because this unplanned event happened. Joseph is probably thinking, she's been unfaithful. She's probably seeing someone else on the side. She has a side thing going on. She's not what she appeared to be. She appeared to be this faithful little virgin girl, but she's not. She's been fooling me. The invitations have gone out. What am I going to tell my friends? How is this going to appear to them? It's going to be a huge issue. The public humiliation is going to be unbearable. The personal betrayal is going to be hard. He trusted her. He loved her. He was committed to her. He planned his life with her. And now what? It's all gone. 
our wonderful future, our fairy tale future is disappeared. You know, in this culture, if you were committed to be engaged, you were committed, pretty much you were married. That's what the culture was. But as, he, as you saw, Joseph is an honorable man and he does not want to humiliate Mary, even though he knows and he thinks that Mary has slighted him, he does not want to embarrass Mary or his family. So he decides that he's going to privately put her away, privately divorce her. And, and more than that, you have to understand the context of what was happening at the time. There had not been a public vision or word from, the God, from God in 400 years. Right? 400 years, God had been on pause. God was silent. He didn't say anything. From the time of Malachi, 400 years ago, he had not said a word. There had been no prophet in the land. And so when Mary appeared and told Joseph, guess what? God told me. Joseph is probably thinking, hold on a second. God, the God of the universe, he has a whole temple in Jerusalem. He has all of these priests that are worshiping him 24-7. He has great prophets like Samuel and Elijah. But he shows up in a no little, obscure little town in the middle of nowhere to a teenage girl and tells her that that's his plan. This makes no sense. None at all. Why would God, when he has his temple in Jerusalem, show up to a small town in the middle of nowhere and of no significance? Remember, Andrew said, you know, can anything good come from Nazareth? This was one small town that was of no significance. Why would God show up to Nazareth of all places and speak to a girl and tell her his plan? He's got to be wondering that. You would be wondering the same thing. Why would he choose this small village? This is highly unbelievable. But as I said, he's an honorable man and he plans to put Mary away. But imagine Mary's side, all right? She's probably thinking, but I didn't do anything wrong. I just responded to God. When God showed up, I said, yes. Why are things going so horribly wrong? Why does Joseph hate me? Doesn't he know that I'm, I'm supposed to be pregnant with God's child, the Holy Spirit? This is a miracle. But no one looks at it as a miracle. No one's viewing this as some special event. In fact, it's the complete opposite. It's gone horribly wrong. Her life seems to be a mess. Joseph blames me for something I didn't do. He looks at me in a negative way. The whole town is going to know when I'm publicly or privately divorced. It's going to come out sooner or later. This is a small town. Everyone talks to someone else. Everyone knows someone else. No matter if he did it privately, this is going to be a mess. My reputation is gone, the rumors are going to spread, people are going to whisper when they see me walk down the street, they're going to talk about me in a negative way, my family is ruined, all because I said yes to God. That's not the outcome I wanted, this isn't what I planned, this isn't what I planned for my future, and here's the reality, some of us are there right now, aren't we? This is where we find ourselves, situations in life that we came into that we didn't plan but something disrupted our plan. Maybe you planned a great Christmas to have with your family and things didn't work out the way they wanted you, you wanted them to. Maybe all of a sudden you got unexpected bills, your car broke down and all of a sudden now you have a big bill you need to pay that you didn't plan on. 
Maybe you took a different job and they downsized at the wrong time. You know, this is happening in our world. They downsized and you lost your job. This isn't what you planned for your life. You planned a great future for your life. Maybe you committed to someone and promised yourself to someone or you married someone or engaged to someone and that person didn't have the same commitment you did and they walked away. This isn't where you planned out, planned to be in life. This isn't where you wanted to be. Maybe you raised kids out of love and care and they've turned around and disrespected you and walked away from you and that relationship that you wanted with your children is not the same because that's not what you planned. You planned to have a loving relationship with your kids but they've walked away from you. A lot of us are in places we did not plan on being. We ended up there by no choice of our own. We didn't plan on having migraines. We didn't plan on having depression. We didn't plan on losing our job. We didn't plan on getting injured. We didn't plan on getting sick. We didn't plan on losing our finances. Things just happened. It was unplanned. Seems that life has gone off track. This is not what I planned for my life. I don't understand God. I'm coming to church, I'm honoring you, I'm worshiping you, but why is this happening in my life? That's where Mary was, and that's where some of us are. Because we don't understand how things happen in our life. It just came into here. Here's what I want you to understand. You might not see it, but God has a better plan for you. You don't have to understand the plan to trust God has a purpose. Mary did not understand the plan, but she still said yes. Proverbs tells us there's many other plans in a person's heart, but the Lord's purpose, that's what prevails. We have plans, but God's plan is greater than ours. Some of us are wondering, well, so what's God's plan? Do you trust His process? Because you might not see the entirety of the plan right now. You might be at the inception of the plan and it feels like it's being disrupting your life and throwing you off course. But what you think is throwing you off course is actually lining you up to your destiny. What you think is taking you in a different direction is God correcting you from your out of way purpose into his divine purpose. Amen. That's good. Mary and Joseph, Joseph didn't understand, and so God, because he's a compassionate God and is always a considered God, he shows up. Matthew verse 120 says this. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, speaking about Joseph, in a dream, and said, Joseph. Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. Wait, what? God is doing something in the middle of this mess? I thought my life was ruined. I thought things were off track. But God is doing something beyond I can, what I can understand. I don't see it. But somehow God has shown up and said that he's doing something amazing. And that this baby is going to save many. Yes, God did appear in a little obscure town of Nazareth. 
Yes, he did speak to a virgin girl named Mary. Yes, God's plan for our life is still present, even though I think it's out of his plan. I know it doesn't feel good. I know it's not what I thought I would plan for my life. It doesn't look like things are working out. I might not understand it, but yet God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And his ways are beyond my ways. My purpose are different from your purposes, said the Lord. Sometimes God's greatest invitations feel like our worst interruptions. Right? God's greatest invitations feel like our worst interruptions. God often interrupts our plans with His purpose. And it's always to bring us into something greater, not to make us feel less or deprive us or take something away from us. It's always to make us better and give us something greater than what we thought we needed in our life. It's amazing when you think about this. I think about it in my own life. You know, there's times that I made plans and I wanted to do things. And I've talked to you a number of times about this. You know, you know I had a plan because I was working in a different environment. I got offered a great job. I'm thinking, this is awesome because I'm getting more money. I'm getting, working closer from home. It's all going to work out. My plan is working great. And when I prayed to the Lord, he said, don't take that job. I don't want you to stay in this job. And you have to understand, it didn't get better. It got worse because the job I stayed in was horrible. It got worse. I'm thinking, okay, God, did I hear you right? Maybe I, there was some you know, crossed wires I messed up. I didn't hear properly. But six months down the track, that job that I thought I'd have, the company closed down and let go all the people. And so I thank God for that. I remember living in Canada at the time, saying, you know, this is what's my plan for my life. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to work in this ministry and do that. And God got up one day and said to me, I want you to go to Australia. And I said, no. But eventually we worked it out. I'm here standing before you today because that was God's plan. It wasn't my plan. You know, and the reality is I'm so glad that God disrupted my plans for his plan. Because if I relied on my purpose and my plan, I wouldn't be where I am today, getting what I am today, and being what I am today because I wanted something small. God wanted something greater. It's amazing when you think about it. I'm glad God disrupted my plans for his plans. At the time, it didn't feel good. At the time, it was felt disruptive. At the time, it, it kind of took me away from what I wanted from my life. But I'm so glad that he disrupted my plans for his plans. God often interrupts our plans for his purpose. God's plan for your life will always be greater than your plan for your life. And it's absolutely true. Because we see the here and now, God sees eternity. God sees our future. God sees where we're going. God plans greater things for us. Joseph and Mary's plan was to have kids and settle down. God's plan was for Mary to give birth to Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph and Mary's plan was to take care of his own family. God's plan was to take care of every family. It's amazing. Joseph wanted to provide for his 
individual family, but God wanted to provide a way for every person on the face of the earth. This is really the story of Christmas, isn't it? The story of Christmas is that God's plan intersects our plans for our life, and it provides a way for every single one of us to come near. This is what it was, because before it was, God was distant. They had to do certain rituals and do certain things before they could approach him. But when Jesus came, it was God is near. You can come close, and everyone can come. Anyone can come. And so I'm showing you that it's not about the, 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 the pomp and the ceremony. It's not about the temple and all that. It's about God being born in a small town in the middle of nowhere that everyone thinks is obscure, but God can use the insignificant to make something significant. And what you think is insignificant in your life is going to turn out to be the most significant thing that God is going to use, not just to bless you, but to bless everyone else around you. And really the story of Christmas is that God came close. He didn't stay up in heaven and say, you sort out your own problems. He came close. He drew near. And the good news is that you can draw close to him. That's why Jesus came. Emmanuel means God with us. Right here, right now, in your world, in your problems, in your situations, in your circumstance God is with us and that is the story of Christmas that God is with us and you might have had different plans but God's plan is greater than ours trust him even when you don't know how it's going to work out because his purpose will always be greater than our purpose. Next week we're going to conclude, so don't miss it. We're going to talk about the journey to Bethlehem and what that means. So as always, I want to leave something with you so you can take into your week. I don't want you to just go away, hear this and go away, but I want you to take something with you through the week. So I want to ask you two questions. I want you to pray about this this week. So take a few minutes, pray, and ask God these two questions. Right? Number one, What are you struggling with when it comes to obeying God? What are you struggling with? There's something that is blocking you or stopping you or you're questioning and you're saying, what are you struggling with when it comes to obeying God? What is hindering you? And number two, why do you find what he is asking you to be so hard? Why do you find what he's asking you to be so hard if it's going to benefit you? You might not understand it, remember? But it's going to bless you. So, again, take this into your week. Pray. Take a few minutes in your week. Pray about this and really ask God to open up your heart. Do some major heart surgery. <laughs> take a look and you need to discover because There might be something in your life that you've gone through your past. You're thinking, God, I didn't plan this for my life and it's a disruption. I don't feel like I want to move in this direction or move in that direction. I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. So talk to him and ask him, what is hindering you? And answer those questions. All right, let's stand as we come. Next week, we're going to conclude this series about the journey to Bethlehem.
So wherever you are in life, wherever you are in your circumstance, wherever you are in your situation, your plans might be disrupted, but God's plan is greater than your plan. And Mary, remember, Mary didn't have to understand the entirety of the plan to say yes. To say yes. Because that was the beauty of Mary. You know, sometimes people worship her, but she doesn't deserve to be worshipped. She's like all of us. She was just a woman that said yes when God showed up. And he does say, Mary, you are honorable among other women. Why? Because you said yes. Even when it didn't appear to benefit you, even when it didn't appear that things would work out, even when it appeared things got worse, you still said yes. But ultimately, when God's plan was revealed, it brought joy, peace, and salvation to the world. And the reason you and I stand here is because of one called Jesus, who was born to save the sins of the world. He is Emmanuel, God with us. No matter how deep you are, no matter how difficult the situation is, no matter what you think is going on in your life, or how hard it is, or how difficult it is, God is near. He's present. He's willing. And He's able. So wherever you are, if you're still watching online, wherever you are in your life, God is with you. So let's pray together. Would you lift your hands if you can? <laughs> Father, thank you that you are with us. Thank you in the middle of the complexity of life and the disruptions in our schedule and our plans and what we think is going to happen. We're so thankful that you are the constant. You are the rock of our salvation. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You do not change based on circumstance and situations. We can rest upon you. We can stand upon you. We can build our life upon you. The solid rock that's unchangeable because of economics, situations, economy, whatever is going on in our life, you are still the same. The great news of Christmas is that you came near. And so today, Father, we have the privilege and the honor that we can draw close to you. That we are not distant from you. And you're not distant from us. That you are close and you are here. So we worship you. And I pray for every single one of us, whatever we're going through, some of us are struggling to understand. Some of us are struggling to comprehend. Some of us are finding it difficult to move in the direction that you ask us to. But Lord, help us move in the place that you have designed for us and the plan that you have for us because it's better than what we have in our life. It bring us a bountiful blessing and bring us joy and peace. So we thank you this morning. We honor you and we bless you. We give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook 
really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.